Welcome to Movement is My Constant. This is the podcast for breaking stagnation patterns. Through interviews with movement researchers, I seek inspiration in their experience and encourage you to stay curious, to explore movement with awareness, knowing that the body contains the intelligence to make decisions and communicate with grace. Enjoy this space. My name is Anna and I am your host today. Say a lot. A lot of people often think that improv is about showing off, um, and for me, it's very much not that. At least my kind of flavour. Um, the fears that we have around improv, around not knowing, around not being good enough, around not being thinking we have to be something other than we are. Those are the things that point to what we can develop. This is going to be the 20th episode of Movement is My Constant. <laughs> Andrew Kane is a therapist, an embodiment coach, an improv comedian, and a kind soul using playfulness and assertiveness to bind and complement all of these facets very, very skillfully. With a background on education, Andy is a natural-born teacher with fantastic listening and observation skills. Like many of us in our formative years, Andy was a high achiever, focused on getting things right, being a people pleaser, and the worst, a perfectionist. Unfortunately, this had, has had a toll on his well-being until he decided to participate in an improv comedy class and a new journey started. Like many of us who join improv, such experience has changed his life to a more engaged, fun, centered and connected way of living. He still does things right with high standards, but now he's engaged to procure fun for himself while offering students and clients the pleasure of laughter in a perfectly unique way. With awareness, presence, wise playfulness, and courage for the unknown, Andy invites us to delightfully surprise ourselves every single day. Today, Andy joins me from his hometown, Brighton, and together we celebrate the 20th episode of Movement is My Constant. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Anna, and hooray, 20th episode. Andrew, what is improv comedy? Well, I think you can do it in lots of ways. It's a bit like saying, well, what is dance? Well, there's lots of ways you can dance. Um, and from ballroom to ballet to Lindy Hop to Five Rhythms. And for me, it's the same with improv comedy, um, that... Yeah, you can approach it in, in many, many different ways. And for me, I think of it like this, that you can, if we use the dancing analogy, you can you can dance to, to like to get it right or to look good or to please an audience is one great way to dance. Um, and another way to dance is to use it as a way to connect more deeply with yourself and the kind of improv that I'm most interested in is that second kind. So um, I'm not a particularly talented performer myself. I don't pretend to be. 
Um, and in my classes, I, I don't really mind so much like what something looks like on the outside, but I'm much more interested in improv as a way to come into the moment to connect with our own experience and connect with each other and to celebrate and enjoy the weird and funny thing it is to be human. Yeah, sounds wonderful. So this is the embodied way of doing things, right? Maybe you can tell me a little bit more about this embodiment. Yeah, so I love to use movement uh, and uh, the body in my classes because one of the big barriers people have around doing improv is they often think, oh, I have to be clever, I have to think stuff, and I have to like be witty and all that kind of thing. And I'm that I'm least interested in that side of things. Um, I'm much more interested in when something comes through and we surprise ourselves. And we're like, whoa, we're like, where did that come from? Um, that's the bit I'm interested in. And the body's a great way into that because it gets us out of being stuck in our thinking and into connecting with our, um, our presence. I was um, just listening to a Tara Brack, a uh, wonderful Tara Brack talk mm. this morning. She talked, talked about uh, the, the inner wilderness and um, yeah, connecting to that and saying, oh, what comes out from there? Yeah, Tara Brack, she's amazing. She, she has really interesting ways to tune into the body and a beautiful vocabulary. Yeah, I like that perspective of inner wilderness. There's so much happening inside, right? So many signals. Yeah, and those of us, like me, who have had history of perhaps getting, of trying to figure everything out in our heads, um, can, be, can end up ignoring those signals that are the, the intuition, the feelings, uh, the almost like the randomness, the lived unknown that is there in the body. And that could be constricting in our lives. Um, intellect and logic is a wonderful thing, but it tends to take us around areas we already know. It tends to keep us in the same kind of domain and a wonderful partner to that is also tuning into our intuition and letting go of what we know to be good and going, huh, okay, well, this, I know this, uh, this way of being, this works okay, but huh, what's over here? What is there to discover? Um, and to engage our curiosity and pleasure and um, aliveness as the path to finding new, new things. And yet to get there, we have to actually recognize those patterns, right? Because these are patterns, things that we have, you know, built through the formative years, the things that have influenced us. So before we are even starting to be curious, there's a moment of, oh, I didn't know this about me or, oh, you know, we have to go through that journey. So what has influenced your current path? You know, can you identify those moments, these pivotal moments of change, of aha, of wow? Mm. 
it's interesting, right? It's like, um, like certainly where when I was growing up, uh, probably true for most people, we sort of assume that our native language is that's that's what language is, and then it's a surprise, right? When we bump into someone else who speaks a different language. And we're like, what, what, there's a whole different way of speaking, what? And um, it can be, it can be hard to perceive, to know what we don't know and to uh, see outside our own reality tunnel. And uh, you're asking about my personal experiences. Um, I think what has always been assigned to me, and this was definitely a sign with improv, was on the one hand, I saw the, the May Days performing in Brighton, a wonderful improv troupe here in Brighton and worldwide. And uh, I saw them and I was like, oh, what is that? Like, there's something amazing there. And also, um, fear i was very attracted and very fearful and i think that i've noticed several times that can be a really strong sign um and uh because i've had that around dancing i'd had that around singing um there were both things that were very edgy for me and uh i recognized it around improv as well as like oh it's that feeling again oh, okay that means i need to go towards that and uh, so I think that can be a sign sometimes where we, that there's something to discover, or I like to think of it as something to reclaim um, for ourselves. Children, like children play and make things up automatically and give it a moment's thought. And isn't it interesting that if you say as an adult to people, oh, I do improv, one of the biggest, most common reactions I get is, oh, you're brave. Huh. Isn't that interesting that we, something that was so natural and the same would be true for singing and dancing as well. So these things that are so natural to us as children, we, um, we learn to disown them uh, as we grow up, some of us. And I think that feeling is a sign when we come across it, like, oh, there's something there I can, I can get back. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that you're touching on the feeling, that that fear, that's exactly how I felt before starting improv, like, okay, if the fear is here, it means I have to do this. There's no oh, yeah. other way. <laughs> right, yeah, I think it could be a good sign. I think um, uh, I sometimes say uh, a fear in the absence of danger shows us where our treasure lies. Because, um, you know, running across a motorway well there's good reasons why you should be fearful of that but then there's things that are not dangerous but they create a feeling anyway and um yeah it's usually because we've we've made them we've disowned them we've made we've decided oh, i'm not the kind of person who does that and that's become part of our identity and to reclaim that can be a, a wonderful thing yeah 
And it's uh, what you were saying, the example of the motorway, it's fear with, it's the difference between fear with aversion. So, you know, something is not right and you shouldn't. And the fear with excitement, like you're being drawn towards it. It's like, oh, there's yeah. your body is already way ahead of you than your mind. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big difference, right? Um, I um, uh, In my classes, I always give people complete freedom to choose what to do and what not to do but also uh, encourage people to notice the difference and this goes generally to the difference between um that's not right for me that's that's a clear no right and then there's also it's like who i kind of feel like i want to do that but i'm also nervous about it huh that's a different thing and uh, there's a two quite, when you notice it, they're quite distinctly different bodily sensations. And the second one of, ooh, I sort of want to, but I'm nervous. Well, maybe you should do that. Maybe that can often be a, a fruitful direction to go. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> I'm gonna use this to uh, continue and navigate the conversation. So I did a bit of an investigation and collected feedback from your students and my fellow peers uh, from our last improv course. Uh, and like me, they too appreciate your listening, your way, your capability of just tuning into and the observation skills. And most of all, the kind attention uh, and care in which you uh, hold a safe space for, for us to explore our boundaries and challenge our fears. So this is what they wrote. Oh, no. This, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. I'm noticing a bodily reaction right now. Okay, I'm going to... I hope it's excitement. His classes are well calibrated and with lots of different exercises. I love that he encouraged us to notice patterns and preferences about her, ourselves with curiosity, without judgment. I particularly appreciated the care he had for us. He holds a really safe, accepting space. And I always felt that I had a choice in his class. And another student is saying, I love his humor, his kindness, openness, welcoming to come with whatever there is and making the time for it without going into therapy or over caring. There's enough compassion and boundaries. I learned to deal with my perfectionism throughout the improv classes. So what qualities can we develop during these improv classes? I'd say a lot, a lot of people often think that improv is about showing off. Um, and for me, it's very much not that, at least my kind of flavor. Um, the fears that we have around improv, around not knowing, around not being good enough, around not being, thinking we have to be something other than we are. Those are the things that point to what we can develop. So um, my background is one of overthinking, perfectionism, kind of being over serious. And so many people come with those kind of um, patterns and often also uh, wanting to feel more comfortable being seen can be another one 
because there is a kind of a public element to some extent. You know, there's at least one other person there. Sometimes there's a few other people there um, who are with you while you're doing your thing or like watching a few of you do something. So for me, there's um, there are, there are two things going on in improv. Um, one, which I don't want to forget, is um, loosening up, having a laugh, having fun, creating joy and um, pleasure for its own sake. And that is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And I don't want to, I always try and keep that there, that lightness and that, um, that sense of we're just messing around. And at the same time, I'm also aware that there are, it touches on quite deep patterns for people around loosening perfectionism, building confidence, self-compassion, self-kindness and self-acceptance. Um, practicing showing up with what we've got rather than what we think we should have. Showing up with what's here for us right now even when we don't know where we're going. Being present with um, what's coming up for us, even when we haven't kind of quality assessed it to make sure that it's uh, acceptable for public consumption, you know, and uh, these are challenging things. So yeah, we, we have both at the same time and they're both important for me. And also, um, they help each other. There's something wonderful about treating our, like, quote, problems, unquote, lightly. It can be, I mean, I've totally fallen down the trap in the past of, right, I've got these things that, these are all the things that are wrong with me. I'm going to read all the books, do all the things, and then I'll fix it, Right. And that can be such a trap when we get too tight, too serious about our issues. And actually, laughter and fun can be a profoundly healing thing. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I've just remembered uh, an episode from uh, Crocodile Dundee um, from way, way, way back. Uh, but uh, so... Uh, the journalist goes to a small village in the outback in Australia and um, Mick Dundee, who's the Australian lead character, introduces her to the bartender. I think he's called Wall in this tiny little village. And he says, um, oh, Wall's kind of our uh, neighbourhood uh, therapist. And she says, oh, you mean like people go to him, they um, tell, uh, tell him their problems, and then he like consoles them and supports them and, and then they feel better. He said, well, not quite like that. He said, what happens is you, you go to Wall, you tell him your problem, then Wall tells everybody else, and then there's no more problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I like that, right? That there's something uh, beautiful about sharing and enjoying just our strangeness and that in itself can be healing because then we're not alone anymore and that in itself is um super super powerful yeah 
Yeah, that's so great. I was actually in your uh, in your website and your blog. You have a lot of really good uh, content there and references. And I mean, you can really understand well what improv is. And one of the things that I saw in one of the resources was, um, I think it was through the documentaries. Um, and I found that also improv uh, in a group, it nurtures, uh, it strengthens the bond between people. Uh, it stimulates laughter, uh, which is a very primordial way of connecting deeply with each other and releases a lot of stress. And it's not so much about the jokes. It's really about being together in this bondness. And there was even one neuroscientist, Robert Provine, in the Laughology documentary. And he was saying laughter is a form of bond. What could you say about this? Yeah. Um, one thing is, like, we, we never tell jokes, I would say, in yeah. improv. Um, not, not the way I do it, anyway. Um, you know, jokes are like kind of, you know, they're great, but they're kind of like heady things we think up. Um, uh, there's the difference between um, invention and discovery. So uh, invention is when you think something up, which often goes to a joke, which is fine, but probably that's the end of whatever's happening. Uh, much more interesting to me is discovery, wh where it's like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen, or I didn't know I was going to say that, or I didn't know I was going to feel that. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, much more interested in that side of things, of surprising ourselves um, and enjoying surprising ourselves. Uh, yeah, you talk about laughter. Um, yeah, we mostly don't laugh because something is funny or a joke. Most of laughter is not um, because of someone being clever. Um, most of laughter is a social bonding uh, experience that's why like, a comedian a comedian doesn't like to play to an empty house right nobody laughs it's the same material but if it's if the house isn't full people don't laugh as much when it's full people laugh more um laughter is a way we uh we connect and there are several theories around it but um one strong one is that is a signal that danger has passed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like a reset when danger has passed and um, that we're all safe and together as a group. Yeah, that's why if, if something a little bit scary happens, we kind of get a bit tense. And then when it's finished, we laugh about it, right? Because we go, oh, no, cool, that was a close <laughs> one, right? <Phew. laughs> right, yeah. It's why when um, friends get together, they enjoy sharing stories that they already know yeah oh do you remember that time when this happened and, that? and it's like yeah yeah, yeah we did <laughs> that was so great and right it's not because everyone knows the story yeah. but it's just beautiful to rejoin that um connection yeah uh and yeah i'm particularly i i started doing it uh, online so during the pandemic um because I was thinking, well, the, right at the beginning, it's like, well, what are people going to miss if we're going to be isolated for who knows how long? 
and that sense of ah, like um, replacing the often the isolation that's there in um, modern life anyway that was getting even more intense in the pandemic and having that sense of just connecting and bonding with people and playing and uh, that and fun. Laughter is a wonderfully powerful thing. And I never thought I would bond to people in the online world like we did, you know, through our classes and um, through the laughter. And I recognize now when you were giving the example of the friends that many of the exercises we were doing was, was even inventing these stories in between, you know, getting us familiarized with events that never happened, but seemed so natural. They, you know, they could have happened. It's like, wow, did you remember? And, and then adding on to so many, so many things. Yeah. And you can get, you can, and you can get to know someone yeah. so, and connect to someone so deeply through play and yeah. laughter um, without knowing anything about them. I love that. Yes. That, um, you might not know what their job is or how old they are or whether they have children or not. All the things we normally start with, you know, at a sort of a dinner party kind of getting to know each other. <laughs> um, but you just can connect with them so deeply, a bit, a bit like happens with dance sometimes as well. You know, if you go to a dance, you might see someone at five rhythms and... Um, you just go, oh, I really get you, or, or I really don't like you, or whatever, but we have a really strong sense yeah. um, without knowing anything about someone. I find that um, beautiful thing. Yeah, it's like this, uh, I have here another quote from the, it was the Lockdown Lights show. It was also one of the resources you shared previously. Laughter is shortest distance between two people by Victor Borgi. Yes. It says it all. I mean... Exactly. Yeah, right. It's just incredible. Yeah, there's um a there's a confusion in the English language. I think it's common in most languages um, between um, what when we say something is serious, it means two things. It means it's important, and it means we don't laugh about it. Mm. And um, I think this can lead to a a bit of a confusion that as if laughter is not important um but actually kind of things can be important and fun yeah yeah exactly if laughter is so beneficial for our well-being why is there so fear so much fear attached and so you know there's little application in our lives especially in the professional lives why, why, why aren't we doing more of this? I hesitate to speak on behalf of everybody in the, on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> if I think of myself, um, then, I, you know, commonly we, we have um, priorities in our, particularly our Western culture, very much prioritises getting things done, being efficient, um, getting some end result, we're often not very good at doing things for their own sake. You know, everybody's oh, multitasking. Oh, yes, well, you know, you can uh, uh, do 10 things at the same time to save a bit of time, and then you can get even more done and, and so on. So often we lose track of doing things for their own sake. 
I think it's quite a common one. Um, we get fearful around um, joy and playfulness and fun for the reasons we were discussing. Like we think, oh, well, that's that's not me. I should be good at this. There's a particular mm. kind of talent and I don't have it, that kind of thing. Um, we can sometimes forget to prioritize pleasure. Mm -hmm. I see this a lot in um, sort of self-development world in general. You know, we can write, okay, just that sense of I'm going to really fix myself now, <laughs> and then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll enjoy myself later uh, as a sort of like dessert after the main course. And we sometimes forget that pleasure in itself is, is healing and motivating and nice. Like, hey, we're only here for so many years. Like, how long are we going to wait right. to enjoy ourselves? Um, and, um, yeah, and also I think West modern culture in general has turned our free time into steered it toward being consumers of entertainment rather than creating our own uh, joy. So you could think back to earlier societies, earlier times, I mean, England, earlier times in England, it would not have been unusual for someone to start playing the piano and everyone else to be singing or dancing. This would be quite a normal thing. Um, that's pretty rare now. Um, and I feel like in vast parts of the world, we've lost touch with that and instead become passive consumers of entertainment where someone else is creating something and we just watch them doing it. And um, that can get in the way. I think that's, that's something that we can reclaim as well. Yeah. Um, to go, hey, everyone can create fun and joy and express themselves, and it's not a competition. Yeah, exactly. So, could we could we talk a little bit about the difference between the performance and the experience? Yeah, right. Um, I love seeing improv, and I've um, uh, performed many times as well and and that's that's super fun um and both both watching and uh, being part of it is uh, wonderful and um kind of protects things to a bit of an edge often for people because there's like an audience there and whatever <laughs> the reason but for me um i de-emphasize that part because it can take us out of what for me is the most important aspect, which is our own experience of doing it. Because when there's an audience, when there's other people, we it's so easy to get stuck in, oh, what do they like? Are they laughing? Or do they like me? Am I doing it right? That kind of thing. And that could be so distracting from the the most important part of what well, for me is the most important part is ah, where, where am I 
how could I relax more into this? How could I flow more? How could I allow myself to connect with my partner um, more deeply? How could I have more fun doing this? Um, how could I enjoy this process more? Um, so I try and keep my focus in my classes. I keep my focus on that side. Um, and sometimes we watch each other, but for the purpose of celebrating, uh, um, yeah, celebrating each other. It's beautiful. And I also, I remember that many of the exercises we did were, had this very inclusive characteristic in it. So for instance, the exercise, yes, and, or yes, let's. What I love about that is that I can really use it in my life. I'm always using this with communication, with integrating or creating bond, um, you know, with people. Can you tell a little bit about these particular exercises or one exercise that you find, oh yeah, I, I do use it in my life or, or maybe in my coaching? Yeah, so this is not, a, this is an attitude more than an exercise, but mm. um, one of the key principles in improv, you might have heard of it, is, is yes and. So um, it's listening to what your partner's bringing and um, accepting the reality that they're creating as being true. So um, if I say, um, Oh, 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 welcome to Paris. Then if, if my partner um, says, oh, but this isn't Paris, this is Germany, then ah, we've kind of stuck, right? We've stopped. Um, and so we practice kind of going, oh, yes, I've always wanted to go to Paris and I want to find the best cheese in town. <laughs> so we're... We're sort of trying to accept the reality that's being offered, as we say in improv, the offer, and then add a little bit to it. So nobody's being the star, but we're, we're co-creating, we're building something together and seeing where it goes. Uh, and this is like the, the heart of improv. And it's a principle that can be very helpful in life because the reason we say no we say, well, we say, oh, this isn't Paris, this is Germany in improv. It's often because we're, we're kind of nervous. We don't, we want to, it's like, oh, things have started moving outside of my control. How can I put the brakes on? And we do this in life too. And I've found it very useful um, to allow things to go in directions that I hadn't planned. So I, I teach and coach as well. And if, you've, if you're a teacher or a coach, you'll know that you kind of have a plan. You're like, uh -huh, I think I know where this is going to go. <laughs> but then, and sometimes it does go that way. Sometimes your coachy or your um, someone in the class or uh, to use a, more sort of a social example say you're just meeting friends sometimes something will come up that you did not expect and it's like ha, oh, what are you going to do at that moment and i found it so so helpful to build a willingness to step into that 
unknown space and to find out to discover and that's often where the most valuable coaching moment or the most valuable part of the class might be and um, rather than what i thought would thought happen so yes yeah, so it's like an improv principle and how it shows up in real life yeah yeah and it's this surprising of delight the delightful surprise how did you put it My course is called The Delight of Surprising Yourself. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, I got mixed up there a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> But that's exactly it. So that's how it, it sounds like you are taking also into your life. So, I mean, we, we obviously have been talking a lot about laughter and the impact. And I feel like laughter is definitely a, a way to break stagnation. In my personal life, I feel that way. And I see how the laughter just breaks that nervousness in the room. Many things we've been talking. So why more than ever do we need laughter right now? Why do we need laughter more than ever? Um, I would say that there are things that aren't useful to laugh about. But also one of the... Um, one of the challenges of modern life, as we were talking about, has been how fragmented society has become, how um, isolated people often are, how um, lonely people feel very, very often, and plenty of uh, evidence of like, how like, physically bad it is to feel lonely. Um, Something like the same as smoking five cigarettes a day or something like that um, in terms of the length of your life. You know, it's a significant impact. And this is often for, because of social change that we've, um, many of us don't live close to our extended families. We move around. Uh, uh, social pressures that would bring on kind of uh, marriage breakdowns and, and dislocated families and all these kinds of things going on. Um, and laughter is the opposite of that. Laughter is the, is the bonding, healing uh, connection and can be part of resetting our nervous systems and belonging again, belonging back to the human family. That's beautiful. It's like uh, in the, with laughter and with our, our lessons and with your work, I feel there's a lot of embodiment, but a lot of being, a lot of mindfulness, a lot of care. Uh, and that, what, that is what makes a difference in the whole experience. Uh, and one of, the, one of the students and uh, just one other quote that I, that I got, uh, she said, Andy is a geek for words. He will notice the reaction to a word and see if it's satisfying, which shows a deep sensitivity and a fine-tuned connectivity to himself. And that is really seen in, our, uh, in the classes and in the way that you guide us, in the way that you hold this space again, like I said. Um, so it's beautiful to see bond through laughter, through a, a sense of just letting go. And well... I feel that like there's so much to say about laughter. What do you think would be interesting, you know, for people to know more? Is there anything you would like to add here? Well, around laughter, I would point people to the film, um, which is on YouTube called like, Laughology. Yes. Um, it's free. It's on YouTube. 
great um, film of uh, a man who's become over serious and goes to explore his laugh. It's a uh, to to reef to find his laugh, I should say. Yeah. Um, and it is true. It's a documentary. It's not made up. Uh, it includes lots of interesting science, but also like I feel like the the writer is. His journey stands for many of us that yeah. we've sometimes lost our life and we can get it back. I think I'd also um, like to include that laughter is not the only part of play. That yeah. uh, when we play together, when we create together, this often happens that we can create something really beautiful and really heartfelt. Um, together and that that's wonderful too it's um my favorite kind of improv that is a has a range of emotions it's not just like laugh 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 it's like oh like something really funny happens and then we're like oh that's so beautiful and then uh, i don't know something else happens and but i loved having the range and um because it's through um play through um, like dreaming out loud, just come at that phrase just came to me. I quite like that. Through dreaming out loud, um, we can embrace the whole of human experience, including our own, in um, in a supportive, fun, um, explore, uh, explorative, if that's a word, um, way. Um, yeah, and we do it. It with there tends to be a lot of laughter, just because human beings are weird. Yeah. Like we're all weird. I'm weird. You're yeah. weird, Anna. <laughs> Everyone's weird, right? Hooray! Just, hooray! <laughs> we're just such a mishmash of different bits of neurology and evolution, all kind of piled in together, put in an environment that we're completely unsuited for and we're all kind of bumbling along like trying to do the best we can and um and it's just crazy yeah. uh and that's there tends to be a bias towards laughter but it's laughter it's laughter with rather than laughter at yeah. like isn't isn't this so beautifully funny Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's really well said. I also was noticing that uh, we went uh, very fast and deeply into laughter, into improv. And I noticed that I would briefly like to touch a little bit on your um, uh, background, especially the multitude of experiences you've had. I know you've traveled a lot. You've been, you, you also have been a translator from Russian to English. And I guess that I just, I just wanted to get to, into that part just a tiny bit so that our listeners can get to know a little bit of your background and maybe tie that into how was your first uh, improv class and, uh, you know, the places where you find in different cultures where you find more laughter or less laughter. Right, yeah. Um, so, as we've sort of alluded to, my background was of being, like, clever, basically. I was clever at primary school, which is like, um, what do you call it, junior school. And um, 
and then obviously that gets encouraged so I got even better at it so I got encouraged even more so I got even better at that so I was really good at that and that's great okay fine um but the unfortunate thing for me was in the process of that I disowned a lot of other things I thought that was all I was and this happens to lots of us right you know we get the given an identity we adopt an identity of that oh yeah i'm the i'm the clever one or i'm the sporty one or i'm the sexy one or i'm the friendly one or i'm the strong one or i'm the kind one whatever it is we absorb and integrate a label and that can give us a start on our identity often as teenagers but then the danger is later on in life we we think that's all we are and actually we're so much more. And uh, so that was my particular path through that. And um, yeah, I, I loved languages. I learned French and Russian and, and the thread was always the amazing moment when two people understand each other and connect. And for me, that's always just an amazing thing when you say something in a different language for the first time and that other they they do the thing that you thought they were going to do and it's like whoa it's like magic this works um and so that was that was sort of the connection with language and yeah I was a translator for many years and uh then a, a hypnotherapist solution focused hypnotherapist and did that um for a long time and still, and still include parts of that in my, my coaching work and sort of got into improv as a hobby for myself. Um, and yeah, I've been really enjoying this, like bringing these things together into a particular kind of flavor. Yeah, it's a refinement, right? It's a refinement of who we are as we develop more experiences through life it's the yes and oh yes bringing something oh this i let go this i will add to my experiences and then i will give or mm. and um is it there's a uh, um famous philosopher schopenhauer maybe i might have got that wrong uh where he says um life has to be lived forwards but we only understand it backwards and um, uh, which, which interestingly exactly the same as an improv scene that you start in the scene and you're exploring it and you don't know where you're going and then it's at the end you go oh that was where <laughs> we were going and sometimes in life we're like huh there's all these weird things that seem very different and then later you look back and go ah oh, this all makes sense in this way exactly exactly and this is a, a great way to kind of go back to the very beginning when we're talking you have to experience life you have to and sometimes you have no idea what you're doing you're just drawn by by that fear and that excitement and you go for it only later on you'll, you'll know why you had to go through it and why you had to experience it yeah there can be great value in following that impulse yeah i mean sensibly don't do anything crazy, but um, 
but if it's safe go actually you know what i don't know why but there's something here and i will find out what it is later it can be yeah. a really valuable thing this is something i've been learning for myself a lot same here same here so andrew as to we are you know reaching the end i wanted to ask you what upcoming projects you're involved with where can people find you what are the courses coming up share everything yeah well my um what i'm doing is on the my website which is playconnect.co.uk mm-hmm. um, yeah if people want to try just try it out a little bit i often have tasted classes like a one-off session where you can kind of come explore um try things out get to say hello um and i have um, the delight of surprising yourself which is my kind of introductory course which is like the most popular one and then um, people who've done some more though have some options for um, groups they can continue in to carry on carry on practicing those those are on my website um and ways you can contact me personally i'm really interested in um doing more doing some more kind of shorter one-off projects that are more directly applied as well so um for example it's a, something that's about creativity for example so that might be that might be coming soon um, oh. i hope i've not put myself in trouble there no, so <laughs> i have to do it now now i've said that uh, yes <laughs> there we go <laughs> expectations <laughs> yeah so that might, that might be there too okay Best and then go to the website yeah so on the website we'll have all that information right yeah perfect perfect okay well andrew this was such a lovely conversation so much fun thank you for the laughter <laughs> yeah thank you for inviting me i really enjoyed it